Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everyone, it's Andy Bueller, high school sports reporter and host of the Scorebook Live Today podcast. So the coronavirus has shut down schools and halted high school sports, but we're taking things up a notch in hopes to help during this time of great uncertainty. Each day, we're releasing a special episode of this podcast called Dickow's Quarantine Series, where our own Dan Dickow interviews an expert in their respective field, from coaches to trainers, authors to uh, former standout athletes. Subscribe to this podcast for free, and please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Let's keep everyone safe by washing your hands and following the governor's stay-at-home mandate. We're just as excited for high school sports to return as you are. Here's Dan Dickow after a word from our sponsor. Are you a small business impacted by the coronavirus? Washington Federal is here to help. Washington Federal is a proud sponsor of Scorebook Live, and it's offering a five-year business line of credit with 90 days interest for free to businesses that have seen a 10% or greater drop. Apply now to receive up to $200,000 on business lines of credit. The folks at Washington Federal understand small businesses may need an emergency loan. They're doing their best to help during this global pandemic. If you're a small business owner who needs help, head to wafdbank.com to apply. Questions? Email business.lifeline at wafd.com. Scorbuck Live Washington Today podcast. The quarantine series continues this time with a, a special guest. I know I say a lot of times it's a special guest, but this one is more special than some of the other guests, in my opinion, simply because he was a college roommate, uh, college teammate of mine. He is a, a great example for a lot of uh, current high school kids who want into, to want to get into coaching down the road of, of learning at each step that they're at in their career uh, of how to get their to the long range goal if that's to be a coach. Uh, none other than Walla Walla's finest, sorry Drew Bledsoe, Kyle Bankhead. Kyle, how you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. It's good to see you. It's good Absolutely. To talk to you. Yeah, for sure. So take me back really quick. Um, as a young player in Walla Walla, you guys win the 1999 uh, Washington State High School Tournament. Walla Walla is good basketball, but it's not a, a basketball hotbed like a Seattle uh, or a Tacoma. What did that mean to you in the high school community to win the state tournament uh, back in 99? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously it was to this day, uh, people would be surprised, but to this day it's been the greatest basketball achievement of my life um, and for multiple reasons. Obviously, Walla Walla is a small town. Um, it's had good athletes through the years. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where you're not recruiting athletes. There's people not moving to your area that are um, high-level athletes uh, for whatever reason. So it, a lot of the talent in Walla Walla comes in waves. So it's, it's, you might end up with a good group um, every five years or whatever it might be. But I was really fortunate. We had, I think, eight or nine seniors on my state championship team. We had all grown up together. Um, through middle school, elementary school, like we had one, we had one kid that was a really key player of that team that, that moved to Walla Walla. 
Uh, we were very fortunate that John DeWolf was a heck of a player. He moved into the area, but uh, from the standpoint of just being a good group of guys and growing up together and all, all of us really just caring about winning, it, it was a great accomplishment for our school, our, my high school coach, uh, the assistant coaches, all of us uh, to do that, and especially with nine seniors. Um, to this day, my, my favorite basketball achievement. And uh, crazy enough, we're all stuck at home right now. I actually threw it in the other day and watched it and texted all my all my buddies that I played with. So it's good memories, the best memories, and uh, it's I don't know, there's something good to look back on. That that's awesome. Yeah, I might have to pull out some of my high school videos and, and show my boys uh, during these next couple of weeks. But we'll touch on on your path to becoming a college uh, coach later on. But you've got a lot of experience in that world now. You came from a smaller town in Walla Walla. What would your advice be for uh, a kid currently from a small school that might be good enough to play at the next level, whether it's Division One or NAI? How to go about navigating the recruiting process uh, when it's there's so much uncertainty right now? It, it's hard, um, especially right now. It's extremely hard. Um, you'd be amazed how many emails we get from high school coaches, AAU coaches, scouting guys. Um, recruiting services, just different stuff trying to promote these kids. And right now, I'm not going to lie, it's extremely difficult. There's a lot of kids that are looking for opportunities that are not going to get seen. Uh, our, our recruiting ban just got pushed through the end of May, and it may get extended longer. So um, I think this year there's going to be a lot of kids that slip through the cracks, and there's going to be a lot of kids that don't are unable to take recruiting visits, go and see schools, meet with staffs. Um, it, it's a really difficult time. Now, under, the, under a normal year, um, I think there's so many scouting services now that if, if you are talented enough, you're going to be seen and you're going to be known uh, and your name will get out. Um, so I always tell kids and I always tell families, you got to control what you can control. Like if, as a college coach, you get, you know, we, we can get up to 50 emails a day with random kids emailing us to where it's, it's impossible to go through all of them. So control what you can control. Uh, if you can get on a AAU team that allows you to be seen in the July events, the April events, uh, I always recommend that um, just to, it gives you a chance to get seen, but be as good as you can be work on your game, you know, be a good teammate, if you get a chance to go to tournaments with AAU teams, do that. Um, if you can do camps on college campuses, not a bad idea to do that. But just to have random emails sent out to everybody, it makes it really hard to get seen and noticed. Um, but unfortunately, in this day and age with the, with the virus going around, it's the only way for a lot of these kids to, to do anything, get seen. Um, so I don't have a whole lot of recommendations right now. I think we're all still navigating this. Um, but all, all I can say is control what you can control, become the best player you can possibly be, and, and you'll get noticed. There's so many scouting guys out there at this point that hopefully they'll be able to plug you in with the right level of school. Yeah, I think that's, that's really good advice. I've always been of the mind that if you're good enough to play, they're going to find you. Um, there's going to be an AAU team that asks you to join uh, what they're doing. Uh, if you've got a good relationship with a high school coach, um, most are, are going to be willing to help uh, find an opportunity for you at the next level. Uh, and college coaches, 
they're smart enough to recognize and realize when they watch film and if the kid can play at that level that they're coaching at. Uh, you had the opportunity to play at Gonzaga. Uh, you were a part of some really good teams. When you got to Gonzaga, um, did you always have coaching kind of in the, in the back of your mind that that's what you wanted to do and you kind of went to Gonzaga to have a great playing career and learn whatever you could to uh, set yourself up to coach or how was your college experience? Uh, well, obviously, I was really fortunate to play at Gonzaga. Obviously, you got to play with great players like yourself and and learn a lot as a as a player. And I think when I was younger, um, like a lot of the young players today, I, my my goal was just to think about professional basketball. You know, in some capacity. Obviously, I had no chance of playing in the NBA, but I wanted to further my career along as much as possible, and that's what I thought about really through my playing career. So through Gonzaga, I knew I was probably going to get into coaching, but I never really thought about like, well, I'm going to go up in the coach's offices and see how they operate on a day-to-day basis. I was thinking about playing it, uh, playing basketball at the highest level I possibly could. So I really didn't, I knew I wanted to coach, but I wasn't taking the steps as a player to learn how coaches operated at that level. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. So probably during those times, I thought to myself that I probably knew everything you know to that point I could probably do what they're doing well which obviously now that I've been doing this as long as I have been I know that was not the case so uh so right I, I tried to play professionally I lasted four months um I came back and took basically a half a year off and then I knew it was time to to try and get into coaching and, and obviously did a couple of years at Gonzaga basically as a volunteer um what a lot of people have his grad assistants now in their programs, but I was just volunteering, being around, and then got the opportunity to go to San Diego with Bill Greer when he got the head coaching job there as an assistant and uh, kind of learn your way there. And it's it's a much different profession than a lot of people think that, you know, and you know this, but a lot of people in the general public think you just go to practice each day and then you go home and, and that's kind of your day. And wow, you have the best job on the planet. But uh, we work long hours, we watch a ton of film, we got to recruit, um, which is a demanding part of the job. Um, scheduling games is a demanding part of the job. Um, and then obviously coaching is such a small part of what we do in a lot of aspects. I mean, we, we spend 10% of our time actually coaching basketball. So um, a lot of prep work. Um, you got to monitor kids' academics, um, just all sorts of stuff. Uh, there, there's, there's camps. It's just – you you gotta you gotta wear a lot of hats if you're gonna be in college basketball, especially um, you know obviously I think we're a tremendous mid major program right now, um, and I think we're making strides to get on the national stage. But um, at, at the mid major level, a lot of times you gotta wear more hats. You know when you get to a BCS school, there's so many so many people around, so many people helping that a lot of the assistants can just focus on recruiting and coaching. Um, but I think being at this level and being at the places I've been, I've had to wear so many hats that I think I can handle anything that's thrown at me at this point. Um, at least being able to navigate situations, navigating how to recruit different levels, um, different types of coaching, um, and different type of personalities that you got to deal with. So I've learned along the way, we're, we're always going to continue learning. Uh, but from going back to your question, I, I really, I knew I was going to be a coach. But I don't think I took like the, the correct steps as a player to really understand what was going on up in coaches' offices and how things worked um, and didn't really learn that probably until I started the, my volunteer work there and then really got into it when I became an assistant at San Diego 
then I got, had to get my feet wet recruiting and learning how to do it, do with that stuff. Yeah, it's uh, really interesting how you talk about how much prep work goes into being a coach that people don't see, don't recognize, or, or understand. Um, after USD, you went to a, a, a prep powerhouse in the Midwest, Sunrise Christian, before you got to UNC Greensboro. Um, so you've had experience at, at a number of different levels, a Gonzaga, uh, a USD that was beginning to be on the rise when you got there, a prep powerhouse, and then another mid-major who's starting to make their rise. If you look at any one experience um, as or, or any one opportunity that you felt like this was my break and I had to take advantage of it, what would it have been? Uh, you know, it's crazy. And, I, you know, I think everything happens for a reason. Uh, I think my time at Sunrise Christian Academy was maybe the most important um, time I've spent as a coach. Um, a, I, I got head coaching experience, which is, it's, I know it's not the, the college level, but I was coaching college-aged kids. They were 19, a couple of them were 20 years old at the prep level. So you're, you're dealing with college-aged kids and you're playing junior colleges. So it, it is somewhat of a college-level job. And the fact that at Sunrise, I had to do everything. I was, I was involved with scheduling, uh, player development, their recruitment. So I, I think my time at Sunrise might have been the most important time I've ever spent as a coach. Um, you learn real quick at whatever level. You learn real quick when you are the head guy how, mu how much you don't know. Um, it's it's kind of crazy. Though. You have to know every situation. and. and you have to be able to draw something up on the board, whether it be a play, whether it be a player asking a question. You have to be the guy with all the answers. Um, and, and it's not easy. And I, I know my first year at Sunrise, I, I looked back and I thought I did a terrible job. And I thought I grew a lot going into my second year as a head coach. So, um, And then at, at the time, Sunrise was such a, such a big part of my coaching career. Um, but I, I felt like I wanted to get back into college. So, and obviously, Coach Miller out here at UNCG is—I uh, think he's one of the best coaches in the country. He's still young. Um, they had success the year before I got here, and just sitting down with him, I think he's—he's he's obviously somebody that you want to be around, work with, and learn from. Uh, so I got. Got the opportunity. Um, it was a unique one. I had to do one year of ops work, which was really hard for me. Um, you know, going from being a head coach to now really not doing any coaching um, in the ops position was was really hard. But I, but I felt like it was the right move. I felt like it was the right situation. Um, obviously, I, I want to be around a winning culture, and they proved that they could do that, and we've continued to do that. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy with the move. And then obviously the, the, the talk was I was transitioning into an assistant spot the second year and obviously um, continue to be in the assistant spot moving forward. So it, it was it was difficult in that first year, but had to make a sacrifice and, and it worked out for the best. You mentioned Coach Wes Miller. Um, I would agree he's one of the up and coming uh, young coaches in college basketball. You've also been uh, around uh, a future Hall of Famer in, in Mark Few. Um, now don't know if either one of those you would consider as your mentor. Maybe you, you, uh, had another one along the way, but is there one coach that you've always looked to for help when you had, had questions or, 
he kind of maybe as a head, head coach at Sunrise Christian, you were struggling and, and needed, you know, a little bit of balance, a little bit of direction because they've been through some things. Well, when you're in the college, in, in coaching, you, you talk to people all the time. So, um, you know, initially, initially it was the Gonzaga family. You know, you talk about Coach Few and you talk about Tommy Lloyd, like being able to lean on them if you needed something that was obviously something I could do. Um, and obviously Bill Greer, who was the head coach of San Diego, and he, he's the one that actually uh, helped me get to Gonzaga in the first place. So you talk to all these people. When you're, when you're struggling, uh, there's always somebody out there that you can talk to. Um, if, if you're in this profession long enough, you've been through a lot, and you, you've gone through the ups and downs. So there's always somebody to talk to. Um, I, I would say just there's such a huge difference from what we do at UNCG than what, what, what I noticed at Gonzaga. Um, it's just much different, much different type of player uh, for the most part. Um, but also two programs that have been extremely successful in doing things different ways. Um, so, I mean, right, I, I've learned from both. I, I don't know if you could say I have one mentor, but I think you learn a ton from Gonzaga and you'd like to replicate what they've done because they've obviously been in a top five program uh, year in, year out. And you want to replicate that, but I, I think a lot of people don't understand that that is impossible to do. What they've done is impossible. Um, and and I'm, I'm okay with saying that. And so we're going to do it a different way. And what we've done and what Coach Miller does works. Um, and we work really, really hard at it. We have unbelievable relationships with our players. Um, we are all about growth, player development. A lot of the stuff that uh, the Zags are about, too, with player development, uh, we're huge into that. Our relationships with the guys are extremely important. Um, and just, it, and you, you know this, Dan, it's ultimately you can work as hard as you want, but if you don't recruit the right type of players and right type of kids, you're not going to have success. Um, so we're, we're fortunate that we have a good group of kids. Uh, I think our staff and coach has done a good job recruiting the right type of players and the right type of kids to allow us to coach them the way we want to coach them and be successful. And, you talk about the Zags are, are very similar in that way. They, they, they get the right type of kids. They get the right type of players that allow them to continue their success. And ultimately, it comes down to that. Last question for you. There's a lot of high school coaches here in the state of Washington to, that listen to our uh, podcast, um, and they're always looking for, for nuggets to help them with their team. Um, you spend years as a head coach at the high school level. You talk with high school coaches all the time with recruiting. Um, what can separate a good high school coach and program and allow them to become a great high school coach or program? Practice. I think that's like you have to practice. You have to push them in practice. You have to make practice harder than the games. Um, I, I know that's probably an answer they don't want to hear. Uh, because it's so simple, but that's the deal. Like if, if you, if you want to have a better program, then you need to practice and you need to practice the way you want them to play during games. Um, and I, and I think, you know, we go around and shoot, we're recruiting in high school gyms all year round and you go to a lot of practices in the fall and you see practices that are run really well 
and those teams have a lot of success and you see some programs that the practices aren't run real well. So I think if you want to separate yourself, you have a great plan for practice and how to practice and how to prepare your guys um, for difficult games, for difficult situations. Um, I would, again, I know it's a simple answer, but I definitely think that's the biggest thing. Be the most prepared team in practice. Well, those are wise words. Uh, I know from being teammates, uh, hard to believe it was 20 years ago, Kyle, but preparation uh, can definitely separate teams, can separate individuals, and it it can separate coaches and coaching staff. So uh, appreciate you joining our Scoreboard Live Washington Today podcast, and uh, best of luck for you and uh, the UNCG basketball team as uh, we kind of get through these uncertain times and and who knows maybe there will be another rematch uh, between your program and Gonzaga in the near future because I know you guys met the NCAA tournament a few years back yep yeah tough one for us but (laughs) that's the way it goes the way it goes Zags are tough to stop there in the NCAA tournament so but uh well appreciate you joining Kyle and uh stay safe yeah thanks for having me man great to see you listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube